This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Watching television, watching television. Watching television, watching television. I need all the image, I need all the sound. I know the info right into my mind. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trial by Pilot. This is the show where we judge an entire series of television and the work of hundreds on one episode. I'm Bill Lynch. I'm Elizabeth Lynch. Did you like how I threw the cadence off just a little bit? Yeah. Keep the listeners on their toes. They're like, wait, has it always been hundreds? <laughs> how many people work on a show? Now there's like six cartoonists working on a show. Yeah. It's not really hundreds. <laughs> uh, what's up? Um, Nothing. What's up with you? Eh, nothing. Yeah. I mean, we don't really have much to say to each other because we were with each other all day. Yeah. Wow, great banter segment. Great. <laughs> uh, let's jump in. I was in. just going to say, like, on we just started watching Amy Schumer Learns to Cook, mm-hmm. which, like, we're a little late to the game there, but they have cameras set up in their house that, like, someone else is working from their home. Wait, what? So, like, they have, like, cameras that are set up that are, like, being controlled remotely. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So... So it's not just cartoonists. I just wanted to correct you there. That's all. <laughs> Should we start off with, we're just a couple of dopes who watch TV, but there's also important stuff happening in the world. Sure. Uh, do you have anything for this week? Um, no, you do. Uh, how do you know? I just did. I just knew. Because <laughs> <laughs> I brought it up so fast. Uh, so actually this week, I tried to go theme appropriate. Okay. Um, but also... Last time I tied in my love of the environmental field. This mm-hmm. time I'm tying in my love of craft beer. I'm oh, talking about okay. the Black is Beautiful movement in the craft beer industry. Okay. As you can see, Elizabeth, I'm drinking, I, drinking yes. one now. This is from Cane You've Brewing. have been in, saving this. Yeah, it's from Cane Brewing in New Jersey. Uh, the, the collaboration was started by Weathered Souls in San Antonio, Texas. And so it's just this project where breweries are brewing stouts. Black is Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a, it's a black guy down in San Antonio at Weathered Souls who started this. And it's a collaborative effort to raise awareness for the injustices people of color face daily and raise funds for police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wronged. Nice. So simple concept. A brewery downloads the label. They can do whatever they want to the recipe. You know, it's just a standard style oh, okay. recipe. But you can add things to it if you want. Do whatever you'd like. And then proceeds from it go to a local organization that's fighting for those things. Okay. So really simple. It's blackisbeautiful.beer. And there's a list of all the different breweries there. Uh, breweries in every single state, over 20 countries. over Every 11, state? Every single state. Hmm. 21 countries. Uh, 1,140 breweries as of right now. Wow. So, you know, check out a couple of your local breweries. See if they're part of the project. And if they are pick up a four pack and support the movement. Great. Uh, and I have to say, Cane's is excellent. It's like really, really fudgy and chocolatey. Let me try that. There's no adjuncts in there. There's no chocolate or anything in there. It's just super, super sweet and chocolatey. So we are talking about wow. Lovecraft Country on HBO. <sighs> wow, man. SMH, shaking my head. I just... But- you know, sometimes we go into these shows and I know exactly what it's going to be about. We've talked about it. 
sometimes Bill will tell me, oh, these are the options for the shows that we're going to watch. He'll describe them a little bit. And then sometimes by the time we actually watch it, I've forgotten. <laughs> and that's where I was with Lovecraft Country. Didn't, I completely forgot. But I did tell you at some point, like... That we were going to watch it? Yeah, but like something about it, like there might be monsters or creatures or something. I can't remember. I can't remember I can't either. remember a conversation about it, and I actually heard people talking about it on a podcast that I listened to, but they weren't getting into any spoilers. They were just like talking about how much yeah. they like the show. And so I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, cool. I think we're going to watch that. And I'm so glad that I didn't remember anything about it because <laughs> it like I sometimes like going in a little bit blind. Yeah, yeah. But for this show in particular, <sighs> I really didn't know which direction it was going. Yeah, that's a rare treat that I rarely get to partake in. Except for Babysitter's Club. I let you have that with Babysitter's <laughs> Great, Club. Great. Thanks so much. <laughs> a lot of curveballs in that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I, what I liked about this one is the way that it opened. Yeah. It, like you get a curveball immediately when it, in the opening, the first scene. Right. But then it goes back to normal, like. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I did want to ask you again, and I think I know the answer. You don't really know anything about HP Lovecraft or Cthulhu or anything, no. right? Had you even like heard those names Cthulhu, before? Cthulhu, yes. Yeah, it just that sounds like, familiar, but maybe it's from a conversation we had, and I don't remember. It might be. I don't know uh, I was what's just, going on a lot of the time. I was so. just surprised, <laughs> like just that, in general, <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't, and a couple other people didn't know who Lovecraft or Cthulhu were. And I feel like I've gotten pretty good as I've gotten older, like realizing, like, hey, just because I'm really into something doesn't mean other people have any clue what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I've had to learn that lesson with most of my hobbies. But, yeah. but I just thought that Cthulhu was like so ingrained in like our cultural knowledge that people just knew who Cthulhu was. No. So like, all right, can you explain? So, you- yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not even a big Lovecraft fan or Cthulhu fan. I haven't read any of his stuff. Um, and he was a famous horror, weird fiction writer from... I don't know, the 30s and 40s, I guess. And he created this monster called Cthulhu among many other monsters. Okay. But it was like way beyond what you think of as like someone from the 40s creating a monster. It was like Mm -hmm. this otherworldly, like cosmic entity where humans couldn't even fathom like the horrors that were out in the cosmos. Yeah. And like... Uh, the protagonists in the stories like eventually do encounter some of them and then they just go completely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many board games that are themed oh, here after... from your other hobbies. Well, yes. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's like books and cartoons yeah, and comics yeah. and everything. But board games in particular, there are so many board games that are themed with Cthulhu. Okay. And like, uh, there's uh, multiple ones named after multiple books of Lovecraft. Like, it's a really big thing. And, you know, some of the some of the game mechanics are like you're traveling around trying to solve these mysteries. But um, there's always like some level of madness that you're trying to avoid. And you can literally go insane in the game. Like, oh, really? This is a big thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, I had no knowledge of this. Yeah. And so, so I think with Cthulhu, is, we, we must have had a conversation about it. Yeah. And so Cthulhu is like this enormous being that has kind of like an octopus head with like tentacles coming down its face. It was was in the opening scene or something like it Mm -hmm. with like dragon wings coming off of its back. Yeah. Um, And I think they're also, 
either Cthulhu or like some of his counterparts are called mind flayers, which you hear used in Stranger Things, but it's like they just like made up their own monster. Okay. But that's originally a Lovecraft thing too. I was going to say how this monster reminded me a little bit of Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, um, later it. on, yeah. <laughs> Stranger yeah. Things stole it all from Lovecraft. Right, right. But like even just like the way it looked. So I'm guessing right, right. it was like coming from like the same idea. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get into the opening scene. Yes. Which you already let's... touched upon. Uh, the very first scene is black and white. Uh, our protagonist is in the trenches of a war. I, to me, it looked like World War II, but oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was World War II. I think. It must have been, given yeah. the timing, right? Yeah, we find out later that he was in Korea, but maybe he was in World War II. I don't know if the timing works out for that. So I have Probably a question. Not. I'm just going to like throw us off the rails a little bit here. They had to dig trenches in World War II also? Yeah. But that's like something that they did in World War One. Yes. Okay. I just, there's like some lessons in history class that like have stuck with me and the idea of soldiers digging trenches is one of them <laughs> when I learned about World War One. Yeah. And like how they're like how their like feet would get infected from being like wet all the time. Trench foot. Yeah. yeah. Um it's just funny, I didn't remember the name of it, but like I can't like get <laughs> something that. about I, the trench affecting their feet. <laughs> anyway, uh. it's just one of the things that like just sticks with me that I will always remember. So yeah. when I saw those I'm like is this World War One? And so, it, like, it threw me off a little bit mm. with like the timing of everything. But anyway, yeah. yes. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, it doesn't really matter what war it was, <laughs> um, but it was black and white. They're fighting in the trenches, and you know, a plane flies by and drops a bomb, and the explosion is in color. And then slowly, as we start to fade up out of the trenches, more and more color comes into picture until it's like a full-on, you know, crazy color battle. And it's like War of the Worlds type ships yeah. and aliens. And then you have mind flayers coming in. And this red alien woman gets beamed down and takes the protagonist, mm -hmm. who's Atticus, and turns him around as Cthulhu or this mind flayer is coming towards him to be devoured. But just then, Jackie Robinson bashes it apart with his baseball bat. And there's, <laughs> there's like a little bit of narration over this. Mm -hmm. And he says something about baseball in 1928 yeah. and a couple other things that I didn't quite catch. And he's like, Hey, I got you kid. And as he turns, the mind flayer comes back together. And so as he's going to swing at it again, Atticus jars awake and he's on a bus, just regular world. Well, or so we think, and he's leaving Kentucky. Can we talk about this scene? Sure. Like the visuals of the opening scene of the opening scene. Yeah. Like what, what a treat. <laughs> what a treat. Well, and you know, I'm not into this. I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose to watch like uh, if you described that scene. I'd be like, oh, we're no thanks. We're all the worlds. I yeah. don't think so. But it was so well done. Like just the colors and like you don't know where to look exactly. Yeah. Um. It was just. I don't know. I it mean, was just in incredible to look at. Yeah, I agree. I was surprised it wasn't a bit of a turnoff as like the opener to a show where you don't know what you're getting yourself into for someone that isn't into sci-fi and like, well, I was very confused <laughs> while I was going on. I was like, wait, what is this show? And I cannot think of what it is. I'm trying to remember what you've told me about it. And then he wakes up and you see that he's reading a book and I'm like, Oh, okay. But that was like a really, and all I was thinking throughout the show is like, wow, what a vivid dream that was. Right. That he and, had. Well, and he's reading like a pulp horror Book, right, right. Um, that deals with those things. Yeah. So, like, you know, it made sense in this world that he'd yeah. dream about that kind of thing. 
But when you don't, like, it just, until you realize, like, what's going on in the show, like, for me to watch it, I'm like, wow, that's, like, what what an extravagant, like, opening scene to be, like, just a dream that he's having. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, But anyway. So he wakes up on a bus, leaving Kentucky. He's on the back of the bus because it's the 1950s Mm -hmm. segregated South. And it's him and another black woman. And the bus breaks down. And so everyone gets off the bus and they wait and like a a truck pulls up with two white guys driving it. And they're like, all right, everybody throw yourself into the back. And he's just like standing there, like looking. I don't know if he was like wondering what he should do or if he just like knew the whole time that he wasn't getting on this truck. Yeah. And so the next scene is. I think he saw the guy looking at the, looking at him. Yeah. Uh, The guy who owned the truck was just kind of like gave him a look. Not like, don't you get on my bus? Don't you get on my truck? But like, he knew. Yeah. Yeah. So the next scene is him and this older black woman walking down this long road through farm fields and they're just talking and he tells her about how he's been like reading this pulp story and how he loves all these kinds of adventures and like the heroes defeating the bad guys, that kind of thing. And she asks something like, oh, is that why you joined the army to be a hero? Mm-hmm. And then they get like a little bit deeper and he says, you know, he's coming back to Chicago because his father's gone missing. And so he shows up later in Southside Chicago at his aunt's house who lives there with her husband and their daughter, his cousin. And his uncle writes reviews for safe Negro travel. So he goes around and finds locations that like, you know, are Mm -hmm. safe for black people to travel to. Right. Um, And somewhere in his office or in his like little library, he picks up an HP Lovecraft book. Right. I, I don't remember which one it was, but then he pulls out a note from his father and said that his father wrote him and he wants him to come with him to Arkham, Massachusetts, which is Lovecraft country, where he was from and where he wrote, where he based most of his stories. Okay, so that's what this is. This was confusing me a little yeah, bit. I'm like, yeah. what is Lovecraft? But it's yeah. this guy. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and so his uncle writes, essentially, he he writes for the Green Book? Is it like the Green Book? I don't that, know. That they, that they would have to... They, I, I thought that's what that movie was about. The Green Book where like... Oh, it, I, I never they, saw that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's essentially what it was. Oh, it okay. was like a book that was published so that everyone knew oh, where to go. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. They didn't explicitly say that. They didn't say that. And like the storefront said safe Negro travel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I wonder. Uh, if so I don't like, know if it was that or if it's like what that would be in this world if they like made up their own right. thing. Right. Okay. Um, so he said his father wrote him to come join him in Lovecraft country so he could find out something about his mother's origins. And the whole time the uncle's like, he knows something mm-hmm. like he's being really apprehensive about like encouraging Atticus to go there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, actually, let me look at this note. And he looks at it and he goes, it's a D not a, not a K it's Artem, Massachusetts. Okay. And so they are trying to track down his dad or any clues. So they go to this bar where his father would drink and the owner says, you know, he hasn't been there. Last time someone saw him, they said he got into a silver Ford sedan and it drove away fast. So it must've been expensive. Then we meet Lady Lewis, Letitia, right? Mm-hmm. Letitia Lewis. Yeah. Uh, and she shows up while her sister is performing for this big crowd outdoors. And there's a very long uh, musical number. <laughs> Can we talk about the music? Sure. I loved it. <laughs> I did too. I just it, thought the scene was a little bit long. Oh, it didn't bother me. I was enjoying uh, it. I would have been completely fine with it if 
they were like singing. We see them singing together and then it like cuts away to like some kind of plot development over them singing or like behind them singing. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, so we still hear them, but we don't watch four minutes of them singing a song. We like see something happening. Oh, I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoyed like the whole production of that. Like everything. Cause yeah. they, they start to sing and then they cut away to Atticus and I was like, okay, it's cool. Like, they're going to be singing, which is great. It sounded yeah. great, but like, we'll see something happening. But Atticus just like is partying with everybody else. And right. they just cut back to them singing. I was like, oh, all right, whatever. <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. I just, well, thought, I I just thought it went on a little bring, bit. If it brings up, if it will come up again later any at any point. Mm, maybe, maybe it was just a fun scene. <laughs> I think it was just a fun I scene. I just like the music. It, every, it's like one bop after another. Like every time a new song started playing, I was like this is great and like <laughs> one of the first songs that they're singing is um in that in the show is uh hello hello again shaboom shaboom right i don't remember which always makes me think of clue the movie clue oh whatever it's just one of my favorite songs life could be a dream sweetheart that song so whatever i just wanted to say that i really love the music <laughs> in the <this> show <laughs> and so the next day or that night Atticus is telling his uncle, like, hey, I'm going. I'm going to Massachusetts. I need to find my dad. So he's packing up. He packs the Count of Monte Cristo to read on the way. He packs a gun. And then he calls a very long number while he's sitting on the bed. Yeah, I was and, like, what the fuck is yeah, going on? And they patch him through to South Korea. But still starts with 555. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a woman answers and speaks in Korean for a moment. And then she says, Tick, is that you? And like, he's like trying to muster up the courage to speak, but he doesn't. Yeah. And she goes, Oh, you went home. You shouldn't have. And then he like hangs up. Yeah. And it's like a hard, hard cut away from the scene. But it was a creepy sound. Like she sounded distressed. Yeah. When she said that it was, it was very creepy. Yeah. I thought that was, that was a great line. Yeah. You went home. You shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> and so we find out the next morning that Letty is coming with Tick and his uncle, at least part way. She's going somewhere else. Yeah. Was it to her brother's house? To her brother's yeah, house okay. to stay because her sister says you can't really stay. That's with right. That's yeah. right. She's like, you got two days. She's a little bit of a of a wanderer. Yeah. And so there's a montage of them driving and we see some small town signs with very racist things on them, mm -hmm. including don't let the sun set on you in this town. Uh, right. The name of this episode, I think, is Sundown. Right. And, you know, we see Letty sleeping on Tick's shoulder in the car. There's, like, a couple scenes of, like, her giving him, like, you know, lovey eyes. Mm -hmm. Not to him, but, like, watching him. Yeah. And so they head into this town, and there's, like, th three white guys working on their car who, like, really stare them down as they're driving by. Mm -hmm. And they go into this diner that the uncle wanted to visit for the guidebook. I, I forget right. the name of the woman who ran the diner. But clearly the um, the waiter and one of the diners in there are very surprised to see them enter. Right. And the guy like leaves right away and the waiter goes into the back to get them coffees. And Letty goes to use the washroom and overhears the waiter on the phone like, I swear I didn't serve them. Not after what you did to Miss Lydia. So maybe this was like a black owned business. That's the impression I got. And when they first pulled up, there was a, a building that looked really run down and i'm like oh no it's not there anymore mm. but they went into the they went into the diner yeah. so and so while she's overhearing this tick and his uncle are talking and like he's like oh what was that thing about the white house because they're questioning like why this isn't liddy's anymore like they thought it was it's like a new name for yeah. the diner and like there's like a fresh coat of paint on all the bricks and everything 
And he's like, why did they call it the White House again? And so his uncle says, you know, it's because they burned down part of this building in whatever year. Mm -hmm. And so he pulls up some of the tile to reveal like burnt wood, just as Letty comes running out saying, we need to get the fuck out of here. Right. And so, I mean, the implication was Miss Lydia pissed somebody off and they burnt down the building on her. Right. Or not. They were just racist and burnt down the building on her. Well, right, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> and so there's a car chase and these three guys are following them and shooting at them. And we see this silver car, the silver Ford, come out of nowhere. And uh, we, we saw it in a scene in the background of Chicago too, but Atticus didn't see it then. Okay. And so the silver Ford cuts off the three guys shooting at them and the car flips over mm -hmm. but there's no like contact like there was no crash the car just like flipped and then they get to letty's brother's house and we get like a, we spend a little bit of time with, with each of them uh we spend some time with george he's on the phone with his wife saying like hey you know what next time like you were asking before like you should come on the next review trip we should go together and letty and her brother get into like some big fight about Letty missing her mama's funeral, mm -hmm. which her sister was pissed off at, at too. Right. R rightfully so. I mean, we don't know the full backstory. So but. I didn't realize that she had missed it because she yeah. said something like, oh, something about like why she didn't like live in a nicer apartment anymore. Letty wanted to know. And she's like, well, what? She, you know, saying that she had to pay for mama's funeral. So I thought that the stuff between them was just the fact that like she had to pay th for the funeral and Letty didn't help pay for it. Not that Letty didn't go. Oh, yeah. I think I think the brother said she didn't even show up. Yeah, that's what the brother said. And then Tick and George are talking about Tick's father and how distant and hard-headed he was. But George is, like, trying to make excuses for him, saying, like, hey, you know, he, he was smaller and he took the brunt from our father. I should have protected him more. Mm-hmm. And then Tick says something like accusingly at George, like, oh, I was little. Did you feel bad not protecting me from my dad? Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I, we'll find out more. Yeah, there's some resentment there. And so then they enter Devon County, Massachusetts, which was a town. There's a town nearby founded by witch hunters. And uh, Letty's brother also does research for George, which is why they stop there. Mm -hmm. And apparently, like, the sheriff in this county is like, racist and like a well-known racist that like looks for black people to fuck with. Mm -hmm. And so they can't find a road to Artem on the map or anything about the town on the map. So they're just like driving through these like wooded roads, trying to find something mm -hmm. They get out of the car to like, see if they're missing like some overgrown road. And as they're standing on the road, a cop pull up, pulls up behind them and it's the sheriff. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, this is a sundown County, right? Meaning, basically, by sundown, if you're black, you better not be here. Right. And so it was a really tense scene as he's, like, forcing Tick to ask him to make a U-turn. Yeah. Like, you better ask real polite. And then follows them the entire way to the county line, smashing into their car just to, like, get him riled up. Mm -hmm. And they make it, like, just as the sun is dipping beneath the trees right. which was a great scene you like see the sundown yeah you see like the sun like really low on the horizon like we have a minute left before before sunset and as they celebrate they go over this hill and there's a barricade of cops 
at the bottom of the hill. So like, Which fuck. I also didn't see that coming. I yeah, feel yeah. like I should have, but I'm like, no, they made it out of this county in time. That, like, that's what I thought too. You know, because shows do that sometimes, especially like dark, tense shows. Like mm-hmm. there's always like a little bit of moment of levity. Like, all right, there's this really tense scene. You think something's going to happen. This right. is going to be the one time this episode where something doesn't happen. Right. You know? But right. It does. Uh, so they get taken out of the car and all the cops bring them into the woods and try to force them basically to confess for some robberies that had taken place like over the course of weeks. And so, you know, of course they're denying it. They're saying, you know, we haven't even been here. We're just passing through. And this is that shit. That's just like so fucked up Yeah, that like there would have, they would have no defense because they are out of towners Yeah, and they're black and they could just accuse them of whatever they want. Right. Right. Even if they, got other people in Chicago to say like, no, they were here two days ago. It wouldn't wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't matter. And they knew it, you know, lying on the ground there, but they get a little help from some fucking monsters. Yeah. (laughs) And this is where I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't know monsters were in this show. Yeah. I just thought it was the dream. (laughs) So when, when Atticus and Letty are on the side of the road, like there's some weird noise in the woods and she's like, what the hell was that? And he's like, oh, maybe it was, you know, some monster that Lovecraft wrote about. And mm. I think it's that monster that like has all the eyes all over its body. Mm-hmm. And so this literal monster flashes across the screen, rips one of the cops from the group, just leaves his severed arm there. And there's just blood everywhere and chaos ensues as yeah. these monsters start like picking off the cops. And Uncle one George by one. has to get like the flashlight out of that guy's hand, like the oh, severed yeah. arm. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Uncle George has a bad knee, so he just like crumples to the ground and just yeah. like sits there. He's like, I-, I can't run from these things. I'm just going to lie low mm-hmm. while everyone else is running. And so Tick and Letty flee and end up in a cabin with two of the cops and are like trying to barricade the door. One of the cops has like, I think it was the sheriff, has a giant wound in his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And eventually George pries the flashlight out of this dead arm, makes it to the cabin. And oh, at some point as he's walking, we see a close up of one of the creatures with like just dozens of eyes, like blinking all over its body. Yeah. And George says, you know, I just made it here walking slow. They didn't attack me. All I had was this flashlight. So maybe it's the light that's, you know, keeping them away. Right. And so the cops force Letty to go run and get the car so they can turn on the headlights to try to keep these things away. And so she runs to go do that as the sheriff slowly turns into this monster, turns into a creature, eats the other cop, like bites into his neck. Yeah. uh, As she comes barreling in through the wall and smashes into this guy. And so, you know, they have the headlights that they're like lighting flares and throwing them around the cabin. And she has a camera too. At one point she uses it for smart. And then there's this really high-pitched whistle coming from somewhere in the woods, and, mm-hmm. and all the monsters leave. Yeah. What a, it was a fucking crazy what couple minutes. What a crazy scene. And so the next morning, they walk to Artem, covered in blood, <laughs> and they arrive, and Artem turns out to be this, like, strange palatial residence. Yeah. Like a mansion palace kind of thing mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere in like, the woods. like Oz or yeah. something. Yeah. And the silver car is sitting in the driveway mm-hmm. and they uh, are about to knock on the door, but it opens before they can knock. And this young white guy comes up and says, we've been expecting you. Welcome home to Atticus. Yeah. And that was the pilot to Lovecraft Country. What did you think? Huh. I thought it was super fun. I loved <laughs> this show. 
I loved it. I'm glad I didn't know what you were going to think. I think on paper, I'd be like, eh. <laughs> um, but I think it has a few things going for it. A great cast. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Jonathan Majors plays Atticus, mm-hmm. and Journey Smollett plays Letitia. Letitia. And uh, Uncle George is played by... Courtney Vance? Yeah. Uh, Michael K. Williams is in this show, uh, who is maybe... Atticus's father. I feel like we see him briefly in a flashback or a photograph or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The acting was great. Um, the other thing it has going for it is HBO. Yeah. Like, there's just... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a show on HBO that I've started to watch that like I didn't... Not that I didn't finish, because there are plenty of shows I didn't finish, because we didn't, I didn't have time to, but that I didn't like, that I didn't want to finish. Camping. Okay, yes. <laughs> That's it. That's really the only example. Um, the second season of True Detective. Okay. All right. Fair. It's not like they're all winners. Hey. But you know that the production is going to be good. Yes. Sometimes your story is kind of like, you know, not that great. Performances could be a little boring. But they're usually not. Those are the only two right. examples I ever have right. to criticize HBO. Everything else is gold. Yeah, it's like whatever they're going to do, they're going to do it so much better than any other <laughs> network. Like they're just back. They just have like the best teams. Yeah. I don't know. They're just like, they have a lot of clout. Yeah, there's certainly no reason to worry uh, as you might if this were on CBS All Access. <laughs> oh my God. You know, it'd be terrible. Yeah. Even if there was and, a even if there was a good first episode on another channel, you might question it. Like, all right, where's this going? Right. There are shows on CBS All Access that we've watched that we said this would have been good if it were on HBO. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So I just I was like I said, on paper I don't think it, I would have I would think who's Lovecraft? Oh, okay, cool. They write it, you know, if someone explained it to me and told me who he was, I would have been like, nah, it's not really my thing. Right. But like maybe it also kind of is because when a show like this is done super well with this like i don't know these extraterrestrial like otherworldly beings like this or stranger things like i really fucking enjoy it yeah yeah i like it so it just has to be good yeah i mean the pilot was great very intrigued uh, it just it's quite a mix of things yeah absolutely because it's like straight up weird horror with mm-hmm. like otherworldly monsters there is you know a, a clear and present racial component to mm-hmm. it there's a historical component to it right that's the other thing i love a great period well, piece yes, and yes. that's what this is that's why you like the musical number i do uh, yeah because <laughs> it's it, like these girls in like 50s uh, costumes, costumes and they're yeah i love that i love a, a show that's what this felt like yeah i mean there's nothing really to complain about from the pilot except that musical number went on a little bit long for me but other than that <laughs> uh you know acting was good production value was good uh I think it will be a challenge to juggle all these different elements and, mm-hmm. and keep them cohesive, but that doesn't mean they can't do it. I, I have faith that they will, but I think that'll be a tough, tough part. Yeah. To, based off the pilot, I'm not worried about that. 
Because I think they did it well. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, there's... They set up a lot of things in the pilot that are going to be weird. Like, they show up at this weird mansion, and the guy, like, yeah. knows they're there and says, welcome home. And yeah. There's the, all these monsters right next door. Like, there's a lot more weird shit to come, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Which I'm fine with. Um, <laughs> and it's HBO, so we're probably yeah. fine. Um. I just th- I think that it's so great when you see a show like this that is doing those weird things, but still handling that historical and racial component so well. Yeah. Like it's, you could have a show that's just about this weird monster. Right. And not touch on anything um, social that's going on. Yeah. But this is doing that and i like that it's being seen through that lens because what are all the stories that we see that are like this like just having you know black characters be the lead of the show because that's who's telling the story that's the lens that it's being seen through and not just because they have to be there for some other like a vehicle for some other storyline do you know what i mean yeah 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 I, i like that it's just like how so much of what we watch is told through like a white lens. And this is the same, you know, it's the same story, but told through this lens. And that just means that it's going to have some added layer to it. And I just think that it, it's done very well. And I like that. I think the most tense scenes were the racial yeah. scenes. I mean, like, and that's talking about a show where giant, monsters with dozens of eyes rip people apart right (laughs) like the times where i felt like the most scared for the protagonists were when they were talking to a single white sheriff right you know (laughs) right the fear was it was something different right right yeah very interesting very interesting uh juxtaposition of like monsters and fake horror and like the horrors that these black people had to live with in the 1950s right and today and, and yeah, and, and throughout. And today, yeah. I just said 1950s because that's the that's time the, the time shot. period, You're right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think Elizabeth and I both recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of the time that this will be released, there's only been four episodes. I forget that TV doesn't all come out at once all the time. I know. <laughs> We've only done streaming shows for so long. I know. Uh, so this is a ten episode season, and as of right now, there's only been three or four out. So there's more to come. Yeah. Uh, do you think you'll continue watching Lovecraft Country? Oh, yeah. I think so. Wow. Yeah. We we finished two shows this week. We did. Well, let's talk about the one show that we finished. Well, let's talk about it next week. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a couple shows next week that we finished um, recently. Uh, and they are from our recent episodes. Right. Uh, so, any... Other thoughts before we depart on Lovecraft Country. Do you think it'll get a second season? Yeah. Whoa. I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like I'm going to say that confidently. Yeah, sure. Um, All right. If you have suggestions on shows for us to watch, you can email us at trialbypilot at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at trialbypilot. And please go on to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. Subscribe to the show, leave a review, and tell a friend. And thank you to the Beats for providing our theme music. Thank you, Beats. Good I love. <laughs>
<laughs> Good night. Bye. Bye.